Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cheese and pickle. Hello again, and welcome to the fourth pod in the Nicholas Craig Podcom series. And look, before I begin, I would like to take just a moment to pay tribute to the most crucial person in every actor's life. I've mentioned mine already in this pod, and in fact she made a surprise appearance the time before last and shook things up a bit, as is her wont. And look, I don't want to embarrass her by going public, but it is entirely due to the professionalism of the agent that one is able to practice one's profession secure in the knowledge that one's interests will be protected at all times. Did I introduce myself? I'm the Queen of Sheba. (laughs) No, no, I'm being mean. Slack wrists, Craig. Miriam is wonderful in many respects, and it's really only very occasionally, like on the week before last's pod, that she's allowed things to go pear-shaped. I think she didn't much like the idea that I was doing something she didn't control, and that's after 24 years when she's been like my rock of Gibraltar. She's also a very tough cookie indeed, which is handy because I'm absolutely hopeless. I see a contract and I come out in spots. Total bubonic plague time. But Miriam is also fallible, bless her, as we all are. I mean, the Harry Potter debacle, not her fault. The producers wanted a much camper reading of the role, so they went for Ben Kingsley instead. Fine, not Miriam's fault. My Fair Lady, the part of Professor Higgins, was written for an old-fashioned actor who couldn't sing. Jonathan Price was born to play the role, not Miriam's fault. But this is why, when one's agent makes certain remarks about it being very tough out there these days, I tend to reply that I do not need to be told how tough it is. I am the one who is out there experiencing the aforesaid fucking toughness. There, enough said. So, ever onwards with the pod and with life. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm cross now. I'm very English that way. I I, I bottle it all up. And then when I go, I can get rather unpleasant. What I need from you, Miriam, is not lectures on the state of the business, but a bit of support. Because really, now that it's all finally starting up again, I just can't face the prospect of having to do another bloody stint in Woman in Black. Nor am I especially keen on spending my mornings at endless voiceover auditions with the director asking me to read it once again, but a bit more like Stephen King Fry. 
or those countless, pointless meetings at BBC Television Centre where they make you sit in reception for half a day before the self-satisfied little 12-year-old producer with his laminated ID flapping on the lapel of his horrid canvas jacket from Bowdoin actually deigns to come down and say what an honour it is to meet you and that the part has been specially written with you in mind. Oh, yeah. In that case, why is Anthony Head sitting on the other side of reception with a copy of the same pecking script in his hands? But enough talk. I've used up half me pod already, because acting very much a doing animal, not a talking animal. I, I don't mean a talking animal. Although sometimes one can be called upon to play a talking animal... And when that happens, acting skills still required. James Corden, please take note. But if one has any sort of status in the profession, and one likes to think one does have a, a slight status, one almost has an obligation to explain the acting process in pods like this and in masterclass situations and at friends' houses until three and four o'clock in the morning. And so it was early on in the pandemic last year that I had a revelation. At first I'd been almost relieved at the break in what had been an insanely punishing work schedule. But after a few weeks I realised I was going to have to do something. Craig, literally physically incapable of resting on laurels. Laurel resting would have actually given this hyperactive troublemaker piles. So it came to me in a blinding flash that I didn't have to spend my afternoons watching endless reruns of Pointless. No. Instead, I could do something unique and original. Something that no other actor would have thought of. I would write a memoir, and it might even help others. I immediately booked a Zoom call with Miriam, and she said, Darling, have you thought of crowdfunding, because I shouldn't think you'll get a book deal at your age. Typical Miriam, always testing, always teasing. Shouldn't think you have enough followers to crowdfund either, come to that. She knows me so well, she might as well have said, Bull, meat, red, rag. And so, without further ado, I pulled down all the old photo and cutting boxes from on top of the cupboard and started going through them with the freshly critical eye of a forensic historian in a chilly Siberian library. My notes from my early days at Bladder, Biddy Lanzarotti's Academy of Dramatic Art... Of the rep years, and of course, my rehearsal diaries, which is what I'm going to read to you now. Rehearsals are perhaps the toughest aspect of the toughest job in the world. You need stamina to keep going when the workmen are drilling outside. You need guts to carry on when the crossword's only half done and the coffee's running out. You need courage, you need animal determination, and above all, if you're playing the leading role, you need to make a cheesecake to show you're not starry or grand or anything. You're just one of the cast, a worker. Now, these rehearsal diaries record a production I did uh, at what was then the Cotterslow of The Dogs of Toblonsk. Hovel's satire on the Toblonsk shipyard strike of 1981. 
As with all the most devastating Slovakian drama, allegory played a vital part, with all the characters being characterised with deadly irony as dogs. Now, just need to get my specs on. Hang on a moment. Right. Here we are. 6th of January. Research begins in earnest today with a visit to Battersea. As we walk along in front of the cages, we are all struck by the extraordinary nobility of these animals. Bob Proudfoot, who had a dog once, leaves our group to be alone for a while. When he returns, I make a little namaste sign to show respect and greeting. Bob gets down on all fours and, growling, bites my trouser leg. I start to bark, which sets all the dogs off. The supervisor of the dog's home comes charging over and asks in that priceless way people outside the profession have, what do you want? I mean, there we are, on day one, no idea how we were going to approach the text, only the vaguest thoughts on characterisation. How could we possibly know what we want? 23rd of March. Disaster. I somehow got into a scrap with Bob Proudfoot and bit him severely. Smashing day otherwise. Real progress. At last I'm starting to live Towser. To have his fears, his wants. I even had a good old scamper round Wandsworth Common last night. 6th of April. Towser comes on in leaps and bounds. The director wanted me to enter normally, but I think my instincts are right. 27th of June, come to a fundamental interpretative disagreement with the Italian costume designer, so rather appropriate that it was a full plate of lasagna that I threw right in the silly... Ah, uh, this section of the diary gets very technical here. So, um... Technical, technical... Um, Ah, here we are. 30th of July. The windows have been replaced and we're going to have paper cups from now on. The new designer is a great improvement. At last, I am to have the right kind of tail. Oh, what's that? I didn't click anything. So sorry, I thought I'd turned all this off. Hang on a moment, I, I've just got to see what that is, because it's, it's come all over my screen. Oh, oh dear. Dear Nicholas Creag, good news. As one of Britain's most important actors, you must be used to compliments and awards, but we'd like you to pause for a moment and accept our thanks. As our most valued customer... Well, hardly. Very nice of you, but I'm not sure I remember signing up to Uniquely Home 7ZIWE4.com. Please click here to confirm you are Nicholas Creag. Hmm, I wonder if it's real. And claim your rebate. Ooh, for £336. Goodness. Just click the link to confirm your identity and open up to a whole new world of treats and rewards. Hmm, rather nice-looking pair of thin socks. Hmm, I suppose I could just take a look and see what it's all about. Oh, oh, what's happening now? Oh, oh, no. No, no, that doesn't look right. 
You have 20 minutes to transfer the sum of £10,000 in Bitcoin to the following account, or all your files will be deleted and your computer cease to function. Uther Pendragon, the librarian. £10,000 in Bitcoin? Oh, Lord. I wouldn't even know how to do that if I wanted to. What do I do? What do I do? Uh, uh, Lysander. Ah, my son, Lysander. Lysander! Lysander, I've been fished! Will you please come down here and help? Do you know how to use Bitcoin? Does it actually exist? Someone's crashed my computer and wants £10,000 in Bitcoin. What do I do? It's not funny! I'm in a pod and my whole computer's jammed up. Please come down and help. You're young. You should know how to do these things. What the hell do I do? Oh, for goodness sake. What do I do? Ah, Ring Zolt. Zolt. Zolt helped me install all this pod software. Zolt, Zolt, Zolt. Ah, ah, Zolt. Zolt, hello. Uh, 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 I've got a bug. No, not more of those flying ants. Zolt is our local pest control operative. No, it's a computer bug. It just invaded my whole screen. What do I do? £10,000 in Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yes. Yes, yes, they did sign it, actually. Yes, Uther Pendragon, the librarian. So, So that's not one you've heard of before? What do you mean, did I ever see Merlin? What, on the telly? No. And no, no, I didn't know that's where Uther Pendragon comes from. And I've no idea who played him in the series. And no, I certainly don't know who played the librarian in Buffy the Vampire. I'll call you back, Zolt. Anthony Puckinghead. Right. I wonder if I've still got his number in my contacts. Head, head, head. Right, I'm going to have to deal with this. Excuse me. Hope to see you next week. Mm-hmm. Ah, Tony. Y- y- Nicholas here, Nicholas Craig. Yeah, uh, small thing. You have been listening to Nicholas Craig. I, an actor, a podcast by Nigel Planer and Christopher Douglas. The music was City in the Summer by Nigel Planer, arranged by Andrew Holdsworth with Tom Walsh on trumpet. Nicholas Craig was played by Nigel Planer. Lysander was played by Harvey Planer. It was produced by Joel Morris. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.